Happy Wednesday, everyone. Josh is back here at Unbothered. Today, I'm going to be talking about the PGA Tour merging with the DP World Tour and PIF. Then I'm going to get into Josh Allen on the Madden cover, the AFC Aaron Rodgers, then tonight's Nuggets Heat NBA Game 3, who I think is going to win that. Then Damian Lillard as a preferred destination. I'm going to get into that as well. And then another big news headline today, Lionel Messi, the GOAT, heading to Inter-Miami. MLS, Major League Soccer here in America. I react to that all on today's episode. So let's get started with the big news, and that's the PGA Tour. Now, I'm glad I didn't do this podcast yesterday and I was able to let this kind of marinate and sit for 24 hours um, and kind of get as much information as I can because it's funny that, you know, nobody in the sports world will talk about golf. Uh, and then something like this happens and every personality says, that's oh, I've got to talk about this and talk about golf now, even though I know nothing about it. Other hand, me being a me being a big fan of golf, I've been a very outspoken critic, you could say, of Live Golf. I've been against Live, the players that have left again since the beginning. So was I a little upset, shocked when this so-called merger happened yesterday? Do I agree that Jay Monahan is a hypocrite? He said he's a hypocrite. Rory McIlroy called him a hypocrite. I believe a lot of tour players yesterday in that players only meeting called him a hypocrite. Is that true? Yes, it is. But everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, some people have a price. So, uh, there was some comments made um, yesterday because the Saudi Arabian government is throwing money at, you know, these leagues, this golf. I'm going to talk about, you know, Messi in a bit. And, uh, you know, one of the people who've been fine with Liv is a, a media analyst. And I'm fine to name drop him on the podcast. Uh, Colin Coward, um, who said, you know, that people just draw the line with the players, but the sponsors in Saudi Arabia and, you know, all the Saudi Arabian, you'll support the iPhone and this and that, uh, in a Democratic Party or your Republican Party. And, but it draws the line when it comes to players. Um, you know, the people who have an opinion on this, if they were offered that much money, They'd probably turn to. Uh, so some people have morals and some people don't. Uh, the people who stayed on the PGA Tour were loyal, like Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods and Will Zalatoris and others. They clearly have morals. The people who left them don't have Morals and um, when he questioned, you know, you know the morals of it all, even morality, it got me thinking again. Being a big movie buff 
and really in terms of superheroes, why are we drawn to some of the heroes uh, in superhero movies? Superman or Batman? Why is that? They have morals. Batman's one rule, he doesn't kill. Um, That is his moral. Now, why is that the case? Well, when he was younger, his parents were gunned down and killed uh, in an alley. He witnessed it. So his one rule was not to kill some other people's morals, not to use guns. And they abide by those rules, those morals that they have. Now, some people break their morals, break what they do. That doesn't make them a hero anymore. Uh, But there's a reason why people are tied to those in movies that have these um, strong morals and principles like Captain America and Iron Man. Um, The villains are the ones that have no morals, no regard for anything, no rules that they follow. Um, It's just chaos. So tying this back to the PGA Tour and Live, uh, an argument could have been made that it was about the morality of the sport. So I definitely felt bad for Rory McIlroy, who's been kind of the voice and face of the PGA since this happened. Uh, he spoke today saying all he's tried to do is protect what the PGA Tour is and what the PGA Tour stands for. Um and then he made a very interesting comment because everybody was talking about, and you know, I was in this yesterday, I fell for this as well, as a PGA Tour merge with Liv. But as McElroy said, and I quote, I think the one thing that I think was really misconstrued was all the headlines where PGA Tour merges with Liv. Liv's got nothing to do with this, right? The PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund, PIF, are basically partnering to create a new company. He goes on to say, whether you like it or not, the PIF is going on keeping spending money on golf. At least the PGA Tour now controls how that money is spent. So, you know, if you're thinking about one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds in the world, would you rather have them as a partner or an enemy? At the end of the day, money talks, and you would rather have them as a partner. End of quote. So, breaking down what McElroy's saying, and of course, more official, I'll probably be on this later. Uh, but from what it made it sound like was Liv kind of had this unlimited bank account where they were to keep throwing money on every player until they poached every player. So, yes, Jay Monahan was hypocritical. But at some point, um, you know, last year we saw, you know, quite a bit, you know, like once a week there's two three guys going over this year, it's been slower. And I think more people were going to come over eventually, just at a slower rate, but they would eventually go over to live. So this kind of puts a stop to that, keeps all the players in one group, which again, um, I'm fine with. I'm also fine with, again, it's now the, it's still the PGA Tour. It's no longer live Roy McIlroy. Uh, thinks and believes that Liv is going to be gone. It's out of the game. Uh, he also uh, feels like Greg Norman is no more. He isn't going to be a part of it. Greg Norman 
got the call that, you know, this was going to happen moments before it actually happened. So he's kind of out. Liv's gone. Greg Norman is gone, which I think is a huge win um, as well. Uh, McElroy did say he felt like a sacrificial lamb, and, you know, I totally agree with that sentiment. I feel bad for him, the players that were told one thing and another thing happened. That's probably where I get the most upset about it. And I know Rory has spoken. It'll be interesting to see. I know Colin Morikawa tweeted about it yesterday, and there's a bunch of tweets. But it'll be interesting to see what some of the other big guys like Scotty Scheffler and John Rom say about this as well. Um, the other thing that's going to be interesting uh, that we still don't know is how – are the live players going to come back? Now, Jay Monahan, again, the commissioner, CEO of the PGA Tour, said that the players' loyalty, like Tiger Woods and Rory, will be rewarded. How will they be rewarded? I don't know. And then with the live guys, how will that function now? How will they come back with their live contracts? Will they pay a fine to come back? Uh, again, what happens basically to them, to those other PGA Tour cards um, that, you know, are not available to them because they were suspended. It looks like that won't be in place until the following season. So after the FedEx Cup, I imagine um, this to start again, we'll get more details until then. But it is um, very interesting development. Uh, again, I'm with Rory, who said that, you know, he still hates Liv, but I think, again, it'll be very interesting to see where this thing goes moving forward. I think for a lot of the players, it's very going to be uh, getting used to it. I think it'll be rough at first. Um, this adjustment, I think time does heal a lot of wounds. Uh, this one will be healed as well. But I feel for a lot of the PGA Tour players, uh, ones like Matt Fitzpatrick, who said he doesn't think that, you know, they those guys should ever come back on tour. And I think some of the ones who especially filed lawsuits against the um, PGA Tour, you know, kind of a joke. Like, you know, and you think of box office draws, I think Brooks Kepka is a big name. Uh, I think he's the biggest name on Liv. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, if he was the only one playing in a tournament, I'm not watching it. Same with Phil Mickelson, the guys that sue Patrick Reed. Those guys are absolute uh, jokes, and not just jokes of their profession, but they're, they're jokes as human beings. They're not people I would ever want to meet in real life. Uh I would I would be terrible to just walk across the street and see one of them. I'd want to walk on a different street and imagine never walking on that street ever again. Um, again, by the comments Phil Mickelson has made and the actions that a lot of those players have taken, what uh, Gooch has said over there at Liv and uh, some of the other guys, It's they, they should be ashamed of themselves. They really should. I know they don't. They're very proud, not humble human beings. Um, and again, once it's, I think, finalized and they can play on both, on the same tour, uh, definitely won't be rooting for any of the former live players. So we'll, again, see how 
this keeps on developing and I'll keep on reacting to it. Next up, Josh Allen is gracing me Madden 23, or uh, my bad, Madden 24 NFL cover. I think it's very uh, deserving. Um, and I think the, I think the Lux edition of the game is what really captures it, that, that cover, where he's kind of there with Bill's Mafia, um, how much he's meant to Buffalo since he's been there turning that franchise around uh, the meaning that Josh Allen has to a lot of fans. The charity work he does, I think Josh Allen is a great guy, and yes, a lot of it for being on a Madden cover is football-related because they want stars on the cover, uh, but also having a good story on the cover as well, and it fits. And there's other, there are other finalists. There's Justin Jefferson as well, who just had a fantastic year, one offensive player of the year. Um, he was deserving, I thought. Jalen Hurts was another one. His story has been great. Uh, as this underdog, people counting him out. And, again, he just outdueled Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I would have been fine with any of those three guys, but I do think um, Josh Allen on the cover of Madden is very, very fitting. It's deserving. The game actually looks great, too. I'm excited to play that come August 18th. Um, but I think Madden may hit a home run having Josh Allen on this cover. Next up, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Now, more Aaron Rodgers news, and it's all good news. We're the past couple of years with Aaron Rodgers. Outside of his MVPs, the news was always sort of negative. But I am, again, as I've said multiple times on my podcast, I am loving this new Aaron Rodgers as reinvigorated, uh, Aaron Rodgers as leader. Aaron Rodgers, again, uh, this has been really good. Um, And today, um, you know, he said that he gets a lot of latitude um, from Hackett. Um, He says that, you know, he gets out pop pop quizzes to the teammates, gets people involved. And he also appreciates how he has freedom of discussion. And you can see he's all in on this team and on this offense. And to me, I thought that was a shot at LaFleur uh, last year who said that the offense needs to be simplified. Uh, LaFleur's system has flaws. Now, um, you know, it just sounds like Aaron Rodgers is happy. Uh, he's the captain, him and the young guy, Brees Hall. I am really, really enjoying this. Now, I feel, you know, with this Aaron Rodgers and the stage of his career with how great of a quarterback he is, time will tell, uh, and I hope it ends up like this, but I can definitely see this scenario as a Peyton Manning with the Denver Broncos, a Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I hope it works out, and I hope it ends up like that. I hope it's not like Russell Wilson and the Broncos or Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Um, I hope this really does work out for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and something gets done, they win. I would love to see that um, 
but we'll see. But again, I really do think um, he'll be really, really good for the New York Jets. Next up, my early AFC playoff prediction. So with Josh Allen being on the AFC or on the Madden cover, Aaron Rodgers, another AFC quarterback, making headlines, and just really so much talent in the AFC. I'm giving you my early AFC playoff prediction. Now, this will probably change by the time I do it again come preseason. Uh, but this is just my my early prediction. Again, it's fluid. It will change. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, since Patrick Mahomes has been there, they've always been the number one seed. Uh, that's just, they dominate the regular season. They start strong. They finish strong. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. You can't really go wrong there. They got the quarterback-receiver duo. They got the coach. They got a defensive coordinator. They got an OC who's been there before, has done that. Uh, I don't see this team slowing down as much as you say. They'll take a step back with no Tyreek Hill. Uh, The offense doesn't miss a beat. Um, I don't think the offense will miss a beat this season. I think the defense will be tested a lot, again, with the tough schedule they have, uh, with the AFC being tough, but... I really don't see this offense having any issues. As long as they can protect Patrick Mahomes, I don't see why they can't get yet another number one seed. Number two, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, To me, it's clear that they're the number two uh, team in the pecking order in the AFC, uh, with Joe Burrow still being there, the best wide receiver group in the NFL. Um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd uh, signed another offensive lineman in Orlando Brown. The defense, very underrated and very solid, very good. Uh, Again, for this year, their defensive coordinator uh, returned as well, so I think this will be another solid year for the Bengals. Um, I believe if they would have played that game against Buffalo um, this past year, that Monday night football game, I believe Cincinnati would have beat Buffalo and got the two seats. So, yes, I think Cincinnati gets the two. The three, Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the AFC is tough, but the Jags are in the easiest division of the AFC. And I think out of all the good AFC teams, they have the easiest schedule. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have any uh, clinkers or anything like that because I definitely feel like They'll be upset because they're the Jags. I don't think they're quite there. But they're clearly the best team in their division. Uh, They approve. Calvin Ridley's coming back. So I definitely think Jacksonville will be the three seed. Now the four. That's the New York Jets. Uh, I think the Jets are in a women's division, just nearly beat out the Bills. And the reason I have, you know, I think the winner of this division at four is because this division – is the toughest division in the AFC. Uh, We all thought that it was going to be the AFC West. That, to me, is really two teams, Kansas City Chargers. Um, Las Vegas doesn't look good, and I'm not sold on Russell Wilson this year, even with Sean Payton there. AFC North, again, I think it's two teams, Cincinnati, Baltimore, AFC South, one in Jacksonville. Uh, But last year, 
uh, or the teams here, you know, the Jets who have Aaron Rodgers, uh, who are improving, uh, the Buffalo Bills still with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and all those guys, um, Von Miller coming back, New England had a solid year last year, um, Bill O'Brien at the OC, I think will improve the offense. And the Miami Dolphins, if two is healthy, the weapons he has, and Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. This is a very good division. But I think the winner of this division gets a four seed, and I think it'll be Buffalo, or I think it'll be New York. Who do I think gets a five? The Los Angeles Chargers. I believe they get the five. Um, again, I think they're a very good team. Kellen Moore uh, here this year. Um, as the OC for the Chargers, I think improves the team. Um, Justin Herbert, I don't know if he needs another unlocked ability, but maybe Kellen Moore can find another one. Um, I think this offense will be very high-powered, very good. If Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, their two weapons, can stay healthy, this is a very dangerous football team. Number six, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I believe uh, this team with the Chargers are going to be very good, very close. But again, uh, outside of Stephon Diggs, I'm not sold on Gabe Davis or other weapons they had. If they got D-Hop, that would probably vote them to win the division. They have Von Miller. They signed Leonard Floyd. And I thought those two had the greatest chemistry when they had that short stint for half the season in L.A. when the Rams traded for... Von Miller to kind of put them over the edge. Um, I think that's huge because now you're kind of recreating that issue where you had Aaron Donald up the middle, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. Uh, now you have some version of that in Buffalo. You've got Ed Oliver up the middle. you got Von Miller on one side, Leonard Floyd. So if you can keep with four, um, you can only double team one. Uh, mismatches, versatile defense, um, help out that aging secondary. I think that helps out Buffalo. They're a very good team. And seven was tough. There are so many options. There's the Pittsburghs, the Miamis, the New England. But I had to go with Baltimore. I just feel if Lamar's healthy, he can get them to a playoff spot. A lot of this is on his health, you know, OBJ, the receiver's health. Um, but I do think they get into the playoffs at number seven. Which means we would see a rematch of the... Um, Bill or the Bengals and uh, Ravens two seven matchup. I believe the Bengals win that. We get the Jags Bills. I believe the Bills upset the Jags. Um, the Jets Chargers Jets win. So then we have a Jets Bengals Bills Chiefs um, game there. I believe the Chiefs would beat the Bills. I believe the um, Jets would upset the Bengals. Uh, Chiefs-Jets matchup, I believe, would be insanely good and great ratings. Um, hopefully the Jets could win that with a Super Bowl appearance. But that is my early AFC playoff prediction. Now let's move on to the Nuggets and the Heat. Game three is tonight. And just to get it out of the way, I'm very confident in the Denver Nuggets tonight. I was telling my brother, and I'll relay it on my podcast. I'm so confident I would bet my car on the Nuggets. I'd bet 10 future salaries on the Nuggets. 
That's how confident I am in the Nuggets winning tonight. Um, I believe they had a great opportunity to win game two. It didn't work out for them. Um, that way, um, had the lead, you know, just got lazy in the fourth quarter and they lost the game. Uh, I believe Mike Malone will fire them up. You're down here in Miami. There's a, you know, the discrepancy between home and road is so severe because they're so great at home. But they're, I think it's still a solid road team, especially this year. Again, Miami, place doesn't really get packed and feels loud until after halftime. So I like Denver um, to win this game here. Tyler Hero isn't returning. Uh, he is cleared, but he doesn't uh, want to mess up the rhythm. Chemistry that they have, totally get that. Uh, but I believe they'll need him in game four after they get walloped here in game three. I believe Denver wins. Uh, I want to say win big, but, but Denver's won in this game. Uh, Bam has to play out of his mind if they want to win. I believe Jimmy has to step up and play better than he has. Um, if Jamal Murray, uh, anything of what he did in the fourth quarter across all four quarters, um, and if, you know, we everybody talked about Jokic and his four assists, it was Michael Porter Jr. not hitting shots. Uh, Aaron Gordon missing shots. Um, KCP missing shots. If they made their shots, they win both games, and Jokic has his 10 assists triple-double. So it's predicated on other people making their shots. I believe those shots will drop tonight, and I believe the Denver Nuggets, again, win tonight. They're the, they're the better team, uh, superior team, players, talent. Give me the Nuggets tonight. Now moving on to Damian Lillard. Now he was on a podcast, and he gave his preferred destination. And he said the Heat are his preferred destination is him as he would want to play with Bam, uh, Bam Adebayo. He says he, you know, and Nets are preferred over, you know, the Celtics and the um, Knicks. And, you know, I looked at the Knicks, and I can't conjure up a trade if I was the Portland that I would want. It doesn't include Jalen Brunson. And if I'm the Knicks, I don't know why I would include Jalen Brunson because then you just have – the same problem you have now, greater score, but yeah, a team that's not going to make it to the conference finals. So I don't think there's a trade package for the Knicks. And Dane only said this again because if they aren't winning this year, a separate conversation will have to be made. So I think there's, you know, all three of those teams work. If the Heat are his preferred destination to match salaries, the Heat can trade. You know, a combo of Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and a bunch of draft picks that they own for Dame. That, to me, makes the Heat a favorite. If you have a big three of Dame, uh, Jimmy Butler, and Bam, that's a really good team. You'll get Victor Oladipo coming back next year. Let's say you sign Caleb Martin, keep Vincent Struess. You have a really, really solid team. That can win. Again, I think the Celtics can do it. They trade Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I don't think you have to give up that many picks if you do that deal. Um, and then you have your duo now of an elite point guard in Damian Lillard, an elite wing in Jason Tatum, 
You still have your veteran Al Horford. You got Robert Williams. Um, this is a, that would be a really good team, and I think a better iteration of the Celtics than what they have now. And then the Nets. The Nets, I think, can do Ben Simmons and every draft pick they own because they have a ton of draft capital. Uh, and anybody, I would say, outside of Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, who they got in the Suns trade, and they'd be very competitive. Now, they wouldn't be, I think, world beaters, East favorites, but they would be a very, very good team. So if I think Dame wants to stay in Portland, I don't think they're going to do good or win any games. And maybe a conversation is made where he gets traded at the trade deadline, which would be major. Then Frank Vogel hired by the Phoenix Suns. His last in, he won a championship with the L.A. Lakers. Couldn't make the Russell Westbrook thing work. And they got rid of Frank Vogel. He goaded him out. He brings a defensive mindset. Uh, coached for number one defense three times in his coaching career. A uh, very solid coach. I think he's very good. Uh, the question here is, can he motivate Aiden? To me, from what it is, it has seemed and what has transpired, Monty wanted to get rid of Aiden. Ishbia didn't want that. He got rid of Monty instead. So Frank Vogel is coming in here trying to restore DeAndre Aiden's confidence and get him to be one of the best centers as he thinks he can be in the league. Now the question isn't the talent. It's the motivation. It's the you want to. And I think those are things you can coach. Um, I think you can definitely help him be motivated if you if, to our friends and you like the guy. Uh, but this will be very, very interesting for Frank Vogel, considering on other teams he had, you know, LeBron James and AD, two elite defenders, um, especially AD, who was first-team all-defense. Paul George as well, an elite defensive wing. He doesn't have that here. Booker is not an elite defensive wing. Neither is Kevin Durant. Those are two scores, so we'll see how he helps the defense here. And then lastly, Messi, the GOAT of soccer, joined Inter Miami today. Now, I want to talk about this because he said he didn't want to sacrifice uh, his people there at Barcelona, their salaries or anything to try to make something work and go through any hooplas. Um, yeah, it was his preferred choice. And then he said he rejected the Saudi Arabian deal uh, because it wasn't just about the money. He said it was a lot of money they offered him, but it wasn't about the money. It was more than money, which to me is ironic considering the Saudis do throw money at everybody, but to see somebody, you know, with some morals like Lionel Messi, the day after the PG Tour PIFDP deal, it's very uh, interesting that he would reject the deal that was rumored to be 400 to $500 million per year, probably would have been a two-year billion-dollar deal or a three-year $1.2 billion deal. Um. So to have that now, it's not saying he didn't get the bag because the official deal hasn't been announced yet, but the deal that he has in place is a percentage of profit share from Adidas, a percentage of profit from Apple because you can stream MLS games on Apple TV, and then an acquisition 
of a part of Inter Miami shares to be a part owner after his retirement. So he clearly got the bag. It looks like this is where he's going to retire. Uh, he also said he wanted something calmer. Um, and I think he deserves it. He just won the World Cup. He's still on this World Cup victory tour six months later, seven months later. I think this is right for Messi. And this is the biggest thing to ever happen for American soccer, at least in my lifetime. Now I know uh, David Beckham uh, did a similar thing, but David Beckham is nowhere near the level of a Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi is the GOAT. Is the, it's like when Tom Brady left, uh, what's it called, New England for Tampa Bay. It rejuvenated Tampa Bay. That city went crazy, and they won super. It was crazy. Now, Messi going from, uh, again, European leagues to MLS, Major League Soccer, American Soccer. Now, American Soccer's never been interesting because they've never had any stars that, you know, I watch the World Cup is like, oh, he's here. But to have Messi here in the States, to be able to see Messi at a game, that's crazy. That, to me, it's going to, you know, a lot of people uh, play soccer. A lot of people watch up, grow up watching Messi and are watching Messi now. I think that definitely is a boost to American soccer uh, and for the kids coming up as well. I think this is great. I'm excited to watch Inter Miami now. What am I going to do? I'm going to buy, you know, the league pass from Apple and I'm going to watch every game and I'm going to go to games to see Messi. Because that's how big of a draw he is for soccer. Um, you know, I really do think he just rejuvenated soccer in America. Uh, lot, you know, one man doesn't usually have a power to do a lot. Um, but Messi, Messi's got a lot of power. He's the GOAT. I'm excited for this. Um, I'm ready for that. Uh, again, this has been Unbothered with Josh tonight. Nuggets Heat, are you with me? Are the Nuggets winning? Uh, we'll see what happened. Recap the game tomorrow. Bye, everybody.